0: Most of what we know so far in this field with uh, brain somatic mutations has come from tissue that was removed during epilepsy surgery.
1: Fellow homo sapiens, welcome back to Epilepsy Sparks Insights. So we have all heard of genetic mutations potentially causing an epilepsy, but types of genetic mutation aren't all the same. Today, we hear about research into somatic gene mutations, a type that isn't inherited, but instead occurs after conception, and in some cases can lead to an epilepsy. Now on to our start of the week, Carl martin Klein.
0: Thank you very much, Tori, for for having me. So uh, I'm um, a neurologist and epileptologist uh, working in the uh, Calgary Epilepsy Program at the University of Calgary. Uh, I'm also a member of the Hodgkin's Brain Institute and the Alberta Children's Hospital research institute, and so I am a clinician scientist, so basically I'm uh, involved in in, uh, seeing patients with epilepsy, looking at their pre-surgical workup if they potentially qualify for epilepsy surgery, and I'm also doing research in um, epilepsy uh, genetics.
1: Oh gosh, it's a pretty diverse uh, range of uh, roles and and, uh, responsibilities. And do you look after children or adults?
0: I'm clinically primarily looking at um, adult patients. Uh, for the research, however, we're also working closely with the uh, Aborto Children's Hospital and the colleagues there. So for the research, we're also recruiting children.
1: And are there specific types of epilepsies that you're working on?
0: No, it's actually broadly all types of epilepsy, basically for the for the clinical work, uh, you know, from um, you by the generalised epilepsies, focal epilepsies, up to the uh, patients who are investigated uh, for the possibility of epilepsy surgery. And for the research, it's kind of um, is, of course, having a certain focus on um, the patients where genetic um, factors are um, considered to be more relevant, although um, there is often also an overlap with um, acquired factors and genetic factors. So we're basically trying to recruit all the patients who are seen in the upper clinic in Calgary and on the seizure monitoring units for, for the research. Um, we're also having projects where we're looking at um, potentially predicting which medication uh, is going to work in that individual patient. Um, yeah, but, but the, the project I thought might be most interesting to talk about today is our work in uh, so-called somatic mutations in epilepsy. But these are changes, genetic changes that are actually um, not inherited. Um, but they occur at some point during the development of the embryo. So uh, basically, the the, okay. the development of the embryo starts with uh, all healthy um, cells, and then at some point there is a little error happening in the uh, DNA in, in 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 the genetic information of one uh, cell, and that might you know just be in that in the the, the cells that are just in the future. um Kind of developing into the brain. So you will only find it in the brain cells and it will not be possible to see it, for example, in the blood as we can, as what we usually use for genetic testing. And then depending on when it happens, it can affect more or less, um, cells in the brain. And then this has been recently shown in the last few years to be a, kind of a cause of, um, focal epilepsies where the seizures are starting in a certain part. <clears throat> and these variants have been found in the, in the cells where the kind of where the epilepsy is coming from
1: that's just like amazing i mean i've, I've heard of i don't know if this is a fair comparison but uh, there was a an article i read a while back about um how there was a uh, a child who had a certain genetic disease and both parents were tested blood wise to see if they had the mutation neither did but anyway they found out that the The dad was carrying it in his sperm. Mm. So only his sperm were affected by this disease. That's where the mutation was. Is it kind of along those lines, but it's just a place in the person's brain that we're talking about with the epilepsy?
0: Yeah, exactly. So these these kind of mutations, they can happen at any point and they might just affect the sperm cell, basically the sperm uh, genetic information, or they might just affect the uh, genetic information in the brain. And it just depends on when exactly during development it happens. It's the same mechanism basically, but has, of course, completely different effects.
1: And just to clarify this, um, grant that you got, I, I believe it's called the New Investigator Award, um, 2022. Is that right?
0: There's the one from, from Canada and, and one from Brain Canada. Um, there for our work in trying and use, um, stereo EG or depth electrodes to find these variants. So, we know so most of what we know so far in this field with uh, brain somatic mutations has come from tissue that was removed during epilepsy surgery um but of course not you know every patient is going to have epilepsy surgery and many patients have epilepsy that's refractory to to our medication and we can't get hold of course of the brain um if there isn't a reason to to for it to be removed anyway so um, what we sometimes do is in patients where um, the we're not quite sure yet if we can do surgery uh, of the brain to treat them. Um, so we need to really clarify where exactly it's coming from. We sometimes have an intermediate step that we um, that the neurosurgeon basically implants electrodes into the brain. So they do some burr holes in the skull. And then these very thin electrodes are put into the parts where we um, suspect the seizures to be coming from in multiple areas. And then we record the EEG from these regions. And then sometimes that results in surgery, but sometimes findings also indicate that the surgery isn't possible. And um, these electrodes at the end are removed and they are actually brain cells sticking to these electrodes. And um, there has actually been a method um, suggested by um, a group in the United States, Lucian Goldman's group, um, to actually harvest these cells and get their DNA and look at these, this DNA of these cells to, to identify um, these genetic changes that are present in the brain. And um, we did see, I mean, it does work. There's also a publication from Mike Hillebrand's group in Melbourne who found a variant in this in, in these cells. But in our experience, when we look at it, we often see that there's a lot of contamination on these electrodes. Basically, there can be blood as well, or there can be immune system cells. And then if there's lots of them, then it's very difficult to find the brain cells. So we've kind of worked on a method to purify these samples and really pull out only the brain cells. And, and that's what we're currently doing. That's what we're working on, That what these grants are. about.
1: So I'm just imagining, so you take these, you know, electrodes out, which have been pretty deep within the patient's brain, and they have remains of bits of the brain that they've been scanning, just like stuck to them. It's, and why are they stuck to them? Is it just like, that's what happens if you stick anything in anything? Or is it like, is it something else that makes those neurons stick to them, to the electrodes?
0: The the aim, of course, is to have at least Least amount of brain possible sticking to these electrodes, of course, because you yeah. don't want to do harm <laughs> with these. So it's really just a very, very, very small amount. But, um, I mean, you, you probably know that from a cheek swab. If you just swap your tissue in the mouth, you're going to have some cells sticking to it. So, um, this is just unavoidable. And, um, of course, the aim is to have at least as possible. And then kind of the research tries to make that little amount work for the, for the actual analysis.
1: So it's like two in one, basically. You're you know you're you're doing intracranial EEG, but you're also getting brain cells which you can use for research too. Yeah. How long is this project of yours, and how far into it are you? How much longer is there to go? What are your anticipations for what may be discovered?
0: Good question. So at the moment we have this um, startup funding, or no, this startup from this new new investigator. Uh, funding, uh, to get this project, um, running. So we're basically looking at a limited number in, in one grant. It's, uh, 18 patients and the other grant, it's nine patients, um, to see how the method is working to develop the first data the, the, the best strategies for analyzing the, the data we get. And then, of course, we're working on, um, larger projects in collaboration with other centers where we would have, um, higher number of patients. Um, included and then of course a much broader, um, overview in the end on the variants that are actually playing a role. And I think the field so far, because we're kind of so dependent on the tissue is really just showing us a certain spectrum of genetic changes that we, um, that are kind of happening more, more likely in the patients who can have surgery in the end, often in the patients where there is a abnormality seen on the MRI. Whereas now with this technique, we can also look at the patients who don't have any um, changes seen on the MRI, where we, you know, just identify the focus by looking at the EG activity. And I think that's going to give us a much broader idea about the variants that are going to play, that are, that are playing a role uh, in the brain in epilepsy. And then, of course, the idea is to use that, to use that information um, to improve the treatment in the future. I mean, of course, this is the first step that we're looking at which genes play a role. And it's the same as it was with all the inherited or um, so-called germline changes in epilepsy or the development in epileptic encephalopathies, where identification of the gene came first. And then then the research um, focused on understanding what the genes are doing. And now we're really uh, in the germline field. It's, it's a it's really... Um, very important part of the clinical practice. It it helps with diagnostic workup, it can inform treatment. And I think at some point we, we hope, of course, that the work on these somatic mutations is gonna um be, be, be kind of similar. Still gonna be having the issue of identifying it. If somebody is not gonna have the stereo EG investigation or surgery, then we still won't potentially find it, but maybe we can even find um, certain types of epilepsy that are more likely to have the changes in the brain than if we have a treatment could apply it based on that.
1: that. There may be a limitation in terms of because you can't look at all the tissue in the whole brain, right? So uh, does that, does that limit potentially the discoveries in your work?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a very good question. So it's basically, um, the, the difficulty with looking at these genetic changes in the brain is that it's very typical that not all the, Brain cells actually carry these variants. So they're only present in a fraction, for example, 5% of the cells. So if we do the standard genetic testing that we do in blood, um, we may, we're only looking at a certain number of cells in, as, as, as simply explained. And then if you just look at, at 50 cells, you might not see that there's a small percentage of the cells that have the variant because you might by chance just look at the ones where we're having the normal genetic information. So it's really dependent on on the so-called depth of the sequencing that you're applying. And if you want to do that broadly across all the genes that we know, it gets quite expensive. So what we can do is we can focus on a certain number of genes, then we can have it much more... um can look much more densely at these genes, Um, or we go broad where we have a chance to find something new. But then it gets expensive when you want to look very carefully. So these are the limitations. And of course, in the future, I mean, you know, the the future would be to look at the whole genome. So not only at the so-called exome, which is only the parts of the genetic information that is um, kind of, uh, making the proteins in the end. It's also at, uh, all the regulatory information in between. Um, and then it's much more, um, data that we have to generate. And then doing that at a very high, uh, depth is actually quite expensive. But I mean, the, the cost for the sequencing is going down, uh, continuously. So I think we can probably do, um, way more in the next few years than we can do at the moment.
1: And I think that that gives us a perfect reason why you should get more grants in the future as well, more more funding for your work, because it sounds utterly exciting. And I really do look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you so very much, Carl Martin. It's been great.
0: Thank you very much for having us. And I would really, really like to thank all the patients were for- Supporting this work by actually participating in our, in our uh, projects by actually allowing us to get a blood sample for the, for the DNA, allowing us to um, use the electrodes and potentially if there is uh, tissue uh, allowing us to use that for the research as well, because of course, without the participation of the patient, that would all not be possible. Uh, I'd like to thank um, Apopsy Canada and Brain Canada for the funding for this project. Um, Yeah, and also wanted to mention that I'm a member of the uh, Hodgkin's Brain Institute and Alberta Children's Hospital uh, Research Institute, who are also supporting their research. And of course, I'd really like to thank our collaborators, the neurosurgeons in Calgary, who are really um, um, collaborating uh, with us, um, because it's a lot of organization to be around and when they actually pull out the electrodes and and, and um, you know, process them immediately for the research, uh, all the clinicians who are seeing the patients who are working with us to make it possible that we uh, know when the electrodes are pulled out, giving us the information on where the seizures are coming from, because we also kind of need to decide how we combine all these different electrodes for the research.
1: Thank you to Carl Martin for sharing with us his cool research, the aforementioned organizations